Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode six. Woo! And don't say the title yet, because I have a special surprise for us. Oh, God. Okay, so um, so I've been wanting to have this since we started this podcast as our soundbite that would start the episodes, and I'm going to play it. This thing's I believe. Uh, can we accept that? Can you accept Yay! that? Yay! <laughs> that was the best surprise ever. <laughs> Yay! Woo-hoo! I watched one YouTube video on GarageBand editing, and now I'm really good at it. And I, yeah. Not good enough to just insert that into the podcast. No, and not good <laughs> enough to not have recorded this from YouTube by playing YouTube out loud and letting it record on my computer, but... That's what multiple computers are for. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yay. Now we have our little intro. So this is This Things I Believe. Starring Sharon. And Amy. It's a podcast about the things that I believe that Sharon does Does not not. believe. I do not believe in them. Are you Team Amy or Team Sharon? Let us know in the comments. (laughs) Yeah, comments. 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 Text Amy or Sharon to 303... No, don't do that. Um, 555-1212. Did you watch the debates? No. Joe Biden ended his, like, pretty, like, fine uh, closing speech with, "If if you agree with this... Go to Joe three oh three 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 oh and like it and Dakin and I watched it and we were genuinely baffled and like turned out he meant to say text Joe to this number and just completely fucked it up. Sounds yeah, it was like funny. an old white man, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. weird. Consider oh wait, <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. Anyway, do you believe in old white men? Um, yes. I do. I do I, I have seen several, even, yeah, sometimes in my home in the middle of the night. Ah. No, actually, I haven't seen that. That would be really scary. It depends on your definition <laughs> of old, I guess. That would be very, very scary. I've learned that I'm officially Ooh. in a protected class for age now. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm over 40. Oh. So don't you try to fire me, people. Wow. I'm going to be there in just a few months. Yay. Uh, yeah. Ain't nobody can fire me. That's awesome. Um, so start drinking at work. Yeah, do it. So this was the topic that Sharon called the friendship ender. Um, when, so we kind of came into this podcast thinking like, we've known each other 10 years. We're pretty good friends and all that. Um, and like, and yet there's all these things that each other believes or doesn't believe. And we kind of don't get it. And let's talk about that. Um, so we decided to talk about animal familiars. Um, you have a, an article printed out from the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to talk about what is an animal familiar? Well, coincidentally, this article from Pagan Centric, Mm -hmm. pagancentric.org, is titled, What is an Animal Familiar? And uh, Claire on Claire's blog talks a lot about animal familiars and where they came from. Um, They were originally cats given to witches by the devil. I don't know. Yay. And, like, demonic spirits of evil, which mm-hmm. at least that's kind of, like, punk rock or something. Yeah, that's um, cool. But basically, it's, like, an animal with a soul. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that animal is smarter than other animals, and then they come back after they die. Uh-huh. And, like, that same soul is in a different animal. Yeah. And then they stick with, like, the same human. Right. 
Yeah. So that is the definition that I had encountered, too, when I read about this online. Um, and then I did some research in some other sources, and I found actually different definitions hmm. of animal familiars. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to say that, um, so we just moved to a new apartment, and um, my, uh, I, I also, I am newly obsessed with corvids. Um, I think everybody's obsessed with corvids, crows, and things like that. And there's these blue birds that hang out outside the apartment, and I was trying to figure out what they are. Cause there was like a distinct pair of them that I kept seeing. And then one like sat on the porch while I was sitting there and looked at me. And, um, it turns out anyway, they're scrub jays and they're also corvids. Um, so I got all excited and was like, okay, I'm going to make them my friends. I'm going to teach them to like talk to me and sit on my hand and take food. And then I realized that it was a whole family and like outside our baby daughter's bedroom window, there was a nest with baby birdies and they were feeding them. And I was like, this is so wonderful. I wonder if they, or like one of them is her, is her animal familiar and like it's following her. Maybe like one of the baby birds is like attached to her in some way through the soul. Um, and like, this is her soul animal or, you know. Like, maybe this is the animal that she'll grow up with. So I was all excited about it. And I was like, I'm going to give them peanuts and they're going to be my buddies and all that. And then yesterday I was like, it's funny. I hear them in the tree, but it's quieter. Today I figured out they moved their goddamn nest. Yeah, they were like, fuck these weirdos. Yeah. Birds. Like, not even crows. They're scrub jays. And, like, we could see them from the window, and I'm sure they could see me looking and, like, gawking at them in their nest. And they moved the damn nest to another part of the tree that's further away from the window. And I was like, how that's fucking weird. petty is that? That is like, real weird. Why would you... How does a bird move a nest? Uh, are you sure you're not just going crazy? No, well, okay, well, the nest is still there. But they moved the babies. So they got a new nest. They made a new... How do they carry the babies? I have no idea. It seems like an awful lot of trouble to go to for me to not be able to look at them. It does. And find it them really, cute. really, like, does. really? Yeah. Yeah. So if they're an animal familiar to our family, they are, They're like, a real mean one. They're petty assholes. Maybe um, appropriate. It Actually, it is. Because, so, I the research that I did said that... Um, Animal familiars are a subset of a type of being that's like a familiar spirit, which is, yeah, a spirit that's like attached to a witch, basically. It's not like just a person. Like, you right. can't just be a person and get an animal familiar or a familiar spirit. Um, and a lot of times they are actually bad, like yeah, that's in what, mythology. I mean, demonic that, yes. creatures, whatever. And I got interested in that because, um, and this is a sad story, but. Um, I had a friend when I was young who died by suicide, and she left a really, really long letter. And one of the things she talks about at one point in the letter is, like, um, is a familiar demon. Like, she mentioned something in, in a part where she was addressing a family member, and she said something like, do you really think this familiar demon was present at this time or something? So, like, clearly this was something that had been talked about in her family. Right. Her family was very, 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 like, evangelical Christian Interesting. Um, yeah. So then I was like, oh, is this the same thing? Um, and yeah, like a familiar demon could be like a demon that is kind of attached to your family. And like, so it might not be a helpful or good entity. Um, and uh, there's like, oh, I wrote down um, 
Dr. Pierre A. Rifford, a French professor of esotericism, um, which I thought you would enjoy this part. Um, Alice Bailey has defined as, quote, the science of the soul of all things. That sounds like science. Yeah, science research. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yep. he talked about in familiar spirits um, as alter egos, doppelgangers. Um, they don't look like the individual concerned. They might have an independent life of their own, but they remain closely linked to the individual. Could be an animal, um, but it might be a person too. Emma Wilby is a historian of British witchcraft, and she talked about familiar spirits. Um, I guess this is where they've been discussed in like historical literature is that they came up in witch trials where witches would talk about having their familiar spirit. And yeah, it was usually like a cat or a domestic animal or something like that. But she said that there are specific ways that came up over and over that for how they were encountered. Um, they met people in one of three types of encounters. Um, they either spontaneously appeared to the person. They were given to a person by a pre-existing individual in that person's life, like a family member or sometimes a more powerful spirit. Um, or the, uh, the spirit, familiar spirit, offered to help them in something related to survival. In some cases, the practitioner entered into a pact of some sort with the spirit. It might be for a short length of time, it might be for all eternity, um, and the practitioner might have to summon their spirit, but sometimes they just showed up too. So that's the science um, of animal. No, actually what that is, is it's from the English uh, witchcraft tradition. Mm-hmm. And I didn't that, realize that it was tied so specifically to like England. That makes sense. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Kind um, of. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then also what I figured out is that there isn't really like, there are some other cultures that have this idea of a familiar spirit, um, but they aren't necessarily animals. A lot of times they're people, actually, and, like, one of the best recorded instances of a witch talking about a familiar spirit, it's a person. Um, so I was kind of like, so what are, what are we actually talking about then? Because it's not the definition that I had heard just from hearing things right. where, like, an animal shows up over and over again in different animals through your life. So I don't know what that is. Um, it's... That's that's the pagan centric definition, um, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a lot of babble about so, animal familiars. So I think there's like two things we have to tackle. Then one is the like version as you understood it. Mm-hmm. That is what you were thinking of when we first talked about this being a thing you believed in. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, sounds like multiple other versions. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I am slightly more curious, actually, about the version that you actually believe in. Yeah. Because otherwise... That's fair. Yeah. It's kind of like... Unless you do believe in the version that we just heard about. Right. With the demons and the witches and the souls and stuff. Yeah. And so um, we can get into that a little bit. Mm. This is definitely going to be, I think, a little bit of an Amy-heavy episode because I don't know... (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> How much yeah. I will have to add. Welcome to me. But, um, like, for me, it's, it's like, a series of things that I don't believe in yeah. all mushed together. Yeah. So, like, so, yeah. Well, like, what I would say, what I'm actually curious about is why this particular topic makes you so angry. It's true. That, well, yes. <laughs> I would love to know the reason for that. Um, 
Yeah, and angry. I mean, I'm not really going to be angry. <laughs> it's just why the, is this the friendship ender? <laughs> yeah, um, I think because this one to me is like because it's the culmination of so many other things that I don't believe in all mushed together. It just feels mm-hmm. of the things that you might actually believe in. Mm-hmm. As opposed to things that we talked about and like you maybe kind of believe or like Yeah. Souls, when, witches. Souls going across multiple lifetimes. Yeah, well so what I wrote down already was spirit, souls, reincarnation <laughs> and witches. Yeah. All seem to be like yeah. key components of, of um mm-hmm. the concept of animal familiar. So even at its most like basic base version of there being like I was thinking about I, I saw a preview at I don't go to movies very often, and this may have been it when I took my children to see Mary Poppins, mm. the first movie that we saw together. And there Definitely was, a familiar demon. Yes. Yeah. And there was a, uh, a preview for some movie about a dog's life that was like someone told oh, yeah. the dog mm-hmm. when he was dying to like always take care of this kid. Yeah. And then like the dog keeps coming back as different dogs I heard about through, this. The, yeah. through yeah. the guy's whole life. Oh man, see? And There's that's like documentary th- evidence. It seems like a totally <laughs> And I remember watching that and just being like, Oh my god, this has gotta be the dumbest concept I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um so like I think for me it's just it's like it just represents the like from like a silly combination of like all of these concepts, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I can understand and appreciate the like wishy-washy sort of maybe belief in like a soul or ghosts. And like, especially when we get into how it could just be our brains doing a thing or mm-hmm. like, you know, the way memory works. Yeah. But when you like merge them all together into like a creature mm-hmm. that has a soul that keeps coming back over and over in your life, Mm-hmm. That just feels like a really physically concrete thing that you're saying happens. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to like, mm-hmm. yeah. As opposed to something that's a little more like abstract. And it's funny because when I approach the topic of like reincarnation in my mind, there's nothing. I like. I can never get myself quite to be like, yeah, I think that happens because I don't. I don't know. Also, sidebar, I don't believe in ghosts, but in our new apartment, um, when we moved in, I was, like, nervous that I was going to start seeing a ghost. Um, and Which is basically always, what our whole episode was about, was that you don't believe in them, but you're scared of them. Yeah, so now I have to get up in the middle of the night to feed the baby in her bedroom, and I, like, am too scared to look up from her face while I'm feeding her because I'm afraid I'm going to see a ghost. <laughs> And meanwhile, I've been, like, yeah. watching all these horror movies, uh-huh. partially because, like, they don't scare me anymore, and it's a bummer, and I'm trying to find mm. one that does, because, like, Aww. what's the fun of horror movies if you don't even, like, get scared? I might watch horror movies if I didn't get scared, because I like them, but so, they scare yeah, me. Well, and that's another, we'll, we'll cross-promote we'll cross these other podcasts, podcasts, but, um, yeah. yeah, it's like I've become so logical Mm-hmm. That like my body won't even react to scary things. So I need, as a as an aside, please tell me your favorite like the scariest horror movies you've mm-hmm. ever seen that actually made you scared. Yeah, yeah, and then you can tell me the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what I what I actually believe is like, I believe people have souls. I I believe animals have souls. I think they might be different like a different variety of soul from what people have, but I believe they do. They're alive and they're sentient beings um, and they have emotions and thoughts and feelings. Um, 
And I do believe that souls exist outside of people and the current time frame. And so I think that it's sort of a natural progression that I would also believe that souls could have some sort of connection outside of um, our current time frame and our bodies right now. So um, it kind of made sense to me when I broke it down that way that like um, I might meet animals who have very much shorter lifespans than human beings do who like maybe a soul that is attached to me in some way that's outside of this world um, is like is sort of following me like they might show up over and over again um, throughout my life because my life is longer than a small animal so where this comes up uh, for me is that I had a rabbit uh, when I was in my 20s, who I loved a lot, and she was she was very sweet. Her name was Bunny, um, and she was the best little bunny. And my dog now, Books, reminds me so much of this little rabbit that, like, and I've said this since I first got him, that it felt like he was Bunny all over again. So then when I heard of this concept of animal familiars, I got all excited and was like, oh, my God, I bet that's what happened. And, um, yeah, and maybe my definition was a little bit off of what an animal familiar is, but I, I like, I think that it makes sense to me in a way that he would have some element of like of her. And maybe it is like, I don't know about like the same soul popping up again. Cause it, again, like reincarnation, I can't quite go there, but I think that maybe if there is this other animal that I have or a soul that I have some kind of connection to outside of this world, that maybe it is the same soul showing up in different animals. I don't know. I don't think he remembers me from before. Yeah. Um, if, if it was, was actually hypnotized? my bunny. Maybe. I mean, yeah. Maybe he would start spouting facts about, like, the apartment we lived in in Chicago. That would be kind of cool. What would his also, voice he'd be talking. sound like? <laughs> he'd definitely be speaking in Hebrew. Like, oh my God. just shrieking. <laughs> Beware of dogs. Yeah. Real. It'd be horrible. Yeah, I would be aware of that fucking dog. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not bewared of this one. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot to be wary of. Ugh. Yeah, I've been kind of sad lately because since having a baby, like I feel less connected to the pets in general, and like I keep forgetting we have cats. Yeah. Every now and then I look at them and I'm like, "What are you doing here?" Um, and I, yeah, I do feel like less close to books. And, you know, we've always been pretty tight bros. And then suddenly there's a baby and like, oh, yeah, a human being that came out of my body. And I care about it more than I care about you. And that's kind of weird. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a piece of the puzzle for me on this is that like I am an like I am an animal lover. I'm not a person who does not like animals. I Mm -hmm. love animals. I love seeing them and hanging out with them and touching them and petting them and having them in my house. Mm -hmm. But like I'm I think that I am different from many animal lovers Mm. in that I have never felt like close to an animal the way I might feel close to humans ever, even my own animals in my whole life. Hmm. And so even, and it's not that I don't like, right? There's some people who just aren't into animals or don't like them. I'm super into them. Like I will watch a goat jump for like an hour with glee a particular goat any goat really. <laughs> i just like goats. doesn't even goats, matter goats I are maybe the, my current yeah. faves Aww. and like you know like mm. i love my cat and i love my old cat especially before i had kids it was mm. like i would love bella and she like i had many kitty. pictures of her mm. every day i would post photos of my cat but like yeah 
but I did not feel, I feel worried. Like I'm worried if my animals are sick, I, you know, like mm-hmm. I can get like pretty easily to worry about an animal that mm-hmm. is important to me and my chickens even when I had them. Yeah. But like they never rise to the level that a, any human does for me. And, and that hmm. includes humans I've never met. It's like hmm. humans I love is like one category yeah. and then all the other humans in the world that aren't like yeah. rapists and murderers and yeah. racists or whatever, all the other decent humans. Hmm. And then it's like animals I know and love. And then it's all the other animals. And yeah. like, yeah, that's always just been hmm. how my body and brain have been about animals my whole life. Hmm. Right. Like that's just, have you ever had a pet that you felt like was a friend in the way a person's a friend? No. Wow. Interesting. I mean, like I felt like Bella was the first pet that was like my own pet. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing up, I didn't, I had dogs mm-hmm. and like random other turtle, frog, hamster, guinea pig creatures mm-hmm. in my house at very, and snakes at various yeah. times. Mm-hmm. But Bella, I got as a grown up when I was like t- 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 24 or 25 and she stayed with me until for like 15 years. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, that's like wolfy. Yeah. And like, she was definitely like part of my family and I, loved her and I worried about her and I cared mm-hmm. about her and I definitely sometimes would be like I feel like she can tell when I'm bummed because she'll be more cuddly and yeah. like but but there was nothing that she offered me that wasn't better from a human other than maybe cuddles mm. and even cuddle wise humans are pretty good at that too if you have one around huh. interesting wow and I sort so, of didn't realize that was a possible way to be an animal lover um, that's why I said, I think it's like, usually I would hear that from people who aren't into animals. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny to me too about it. And this does make me think about the, you know, what I thought of as animal familiars concept is that I have had a million pets over my lifetime and only some of them have I felt mm-hmm. really like this is my friend. Um, like, uh, my cat growing up, we had like seven cats in my house growing up. Um, but there was one cat that was like my friend and I just could tell, like I rescued her, but I had rescued like another one of the cats too. And we were just bonded in a way that was really strong. Um, and then the next pet that I had that was like, that was bunny. Um, but they were alive at the same time for a while. So I was like, well, obviously that's not possible. They couldn't have the same soul into, Ooh, or could they in two bodies? I don't know. Um, and then my cat who just died like two years ago, Wolf, like he was the same thing where as, yeah. as Bella for you, where I got him, um, or actually my ex got him when we were both like 24 and I had him in my life for 14 years and he did just feel like a friend by the end and like an old, an old friend. And yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have as many animals, so that may be part of it, right? Yeah. Like, my family was not a house full of animals. We, hmm. When I was born, we had a dog and a cat, and the cat went away soon after, and the dog went away soon after that. Hmm. And then we didn't really have any animals again until we got our dog Maggie when I was, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, almost a teenager. And I yeah. loved Maggie, and she would sleep in my bed, but, like, I was, you know, we didn't have any really anything in that between time other than things like a turtle and a 
Yeah. And none of those other little ones were really my own. Like, mm. I had a couple of goldfish at one point, but they're not particularly uh, mm. friendly. Yeah, no. And, like, my sister had a turtle and a frog, and, like, my brother had a hamster, and my sister had some guinea pigs, but yeah. those were all... Oh, pocket pets. Pocket pets, and they were there. So, like, I did not have cats in my house growing up. My parents did not. were mm-hmm. not into cats. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. So, mm. you know, yeah, that, that also made me part of it, because I can imagine that if you were seven years old or five years old or ten years old and an mm-hmm. animal was like yeah. a comfort to you in that time yeah. of life, then oh, that would man. change the way you view what animals can be to you. Whereas True. if your major experience with animals when you was when you were a yeah. little more formed and grown. Yeah. And actually, I think I my cat Maruka, who was my special kitty growing up, I think I found her when I was like eight or nine. So it kind of makes sense, yeah, that I had, like, a pretty early formative experience of, of having like really an animal caregiving. I was really close to. Yeah. I wonder how it'll be for my kids, because they've mm. had, I mean, Bella died right after they were born, because yeah. she did not want children. Yeah, she quit life. She was like, yeah, mm. sorry, lady, but. I'm out. <laughs> Outie. Mm. She's like, I'm 15. Poor had Bella. Had enough of this shit. Aww. And, um, but we got mermaid when they were, like, two. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. they'll have Mermaid. Mermaid yeah. is just their cat forever. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how my kid is going to think of books as she grows up. Because he's kind of old now and he, you know, yeah. he's got a few more years for sure. But she'll still be fairly young when he... Yeah. No, he'll never die. So we don't have to talk about that. But <laughs> He'll just come back as a different animal. It's true. I'll find him again. I'll find you again, little buddy. Yeah, I mean, there's um, a decent chance Mermaid will be around until mm-hmm. they're, at least until they're teenagers, yeah. young teenagers or yeah. whatever, so. But I did sort of pay attention, like, in Corin's first couple months to how she was reacting to the animals, because, like, I mean, I did nothing but hang out with her <laughs> the whole time she's been alive so far. Um, yeah. And I, one thing that I noticed pretty quickly was that um, she really liked people's faces and she would react to people's faces and like meeting people. She would smile when she started smiling. Um, And yeah. So like then every time she saw a person's face, she would smile. She did not smile at animals for a really long time. Mm. So I was like, okay, so something is different to her about person versus animal. Sounds like my kind of girl. Yeah. Well, I wonder (laughs) what that thing is. And I wonder if it's just like the pupils of the eyes. I was just going to say, I think at that age, it's like you're drawn to faces that look like your face. So Brooks is Mm -hmm. adorable, but he doesn't look very humanoid. Right. But she has at five months old um, started smiling at books too. Like now I think she recognizes he's a creature. I don't know. She also smiles at her, at her toys that she likes. So I don't know. Um, Maybe she doesn't differentiate him from toys. Or a like, ceiling fan. Or... But yeah, I was curious. Like, does she see these creatures as people or something that's not people? And it yeah. seems like the answer is something that's not no. people. Yeah, no. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But the funny thing is she now really likes monkeys. And I think it's because they have little faces. So she has a bunch of monkey toys. Well, and they and, and their they faces face really that, look yeah. like humans. Mm-hmm. Especially toy monkeys where yeah. it's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matilda always was super into monkey. Yeah. Monkey stuff also. Yep. Yep. So. So, there we go. Monkeys have souls. So. <laughs> cle- settled it. Clearly settled. Yeah. Um, mm. But it is an interesting, well, that's a whole different conversation, but like, 
where is the line of differentiation between like human and animal and the mm-hmm. different kinds of souls they have when like chimpanzees really basically are humans. Yeah. And one, one thing that I actually don't like about the animal familiar concept is that um, it's basically a continuation of, of the idea that animals exist only in servitude to human beings. Well, it's part of like when you were talking about like what you actually believe. So I was like writing down mm-hmm. the questions because this is how my brain works, which is why I believe in nothing. Yeah. Is because I immediately go <laughs> to the questions of logic. Yeah. So it was like, so how does this work across geography? Hmm. Do our souls exist for all time or are there like new souls created at certain points? Mm-hmm. So like, did your soul before you also hook up with the same animal soul before bunny yeah and like do you continue after yeah and then like are souls like geographically located so you can find each other like what what if that soul does end up in like a mountain gorilla in rwanda Mm -hmm. like does that just not happen because of the nature of the way the the souls are supposed to be together Hmm. good question and um and then also like what about that poor mountain gorilla in rwanda who (laughs) like never sees a human he just doesn't get to have a a familiar or is it not like for everybody it's just like some I mean I think that if you like kind of the same way that some things are uh magnetically drawn together by science um that like if you have a I love when you try you... to bring <laughs> you try to convince me with science yeah I did it um that if you have souls that are sort of connected in some way that the situation they would come into in in life would be compatible with like bringing them together in the world, you know. I'm taking an 8:36 picture. I'm a mountain gorilla in Rwanda. <laughs> um, perfect. Aw, it's so cute. A little blurry, but that's Aww. fine. I love it. Um, yeah, I think that um, there's like a, a draw together phenomenon that would sort of pull them together, and yeah, like. And maybe, know. like, the mountain gorilla's soulmate is, like, a dung beetle. Yeah. And he meets that dung beetle, and then he eats the dung beetle, and then it comes and then back five ne- minutes later as a different bug. And, <laughs> and then that... Yeah. Yeah. And in their next life, the mountain gorilla yeah. is a cow that has, like, a... Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. in the pasture. I don't, I don't have all the answers, Sharon. I don't know. <sighs> And then the mountain gorilla starts a podcast. And, <laughs> and he's like, contemplates all this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. I saw mountain gorillas, so maybe oh. in the in the mountains of Rwanda. Wow. So maybe my soul merged maybe you with did one meet of their your, your souls. animal familiar. I might have. They were pretty cute. Yeah. I did want to cuddle them, but the, the, the little babies were really cute and playful. Mm-hmm. But the mommies and daddies were real oh. big. Yeah. Real fucking big. I've seen them at the zoo. Um, yeah, not from up close, just at the zoo. It was cool. I didn't really want to cuddle them. They looked too big. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't, yeah. Oh, and a gorilla was the first animal I saw eat its own poo. And that was at the zoo in Washington, D.C., and I was just like, I saw it happen, and I was like, oh, my God, did that just happen? That gorilla just shat in its hand and ate it. Like, just sat down and like, hmm. This looks delicious. Um, see, the animal I have seen do that is dogs. Dakin thought Books was eating his poo when we first moved in because he was, like, there was weird green stuff all over the house. And I figured out that he had gotten into the bag of greenies, and he must have eaten, like, what's all a, what's of What's a greenie? It. 
Greenies are little dog treats that clean their teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen those. I figured it out because these piles of things were like bright green. Yeah. Bright. Bright green. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's gross. Yeah. It was horrible. Um, My old dog used to eat all kinds of amazing things that would then... Mm. I love how on topic we always stay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But so like there would you would find like rubber bands mm. in the yard or um yeah that's crayons that's dogs i think one thing and we then she both would just eat them is dogs, dogs are great are disgustingly great yeah they also like to roll in dead things yeah really into rolling in dead things i mean one thing i love about dogs is how gross they are and how like whatever is the grossest thing they could imagine that's exactly that's what, what they want like, I want to eat your period blood all day long. That yeah. would be, make me happier oh than anything else. My dog, Maggie, world. used to, like, go in the basement where the laundry was and just, like, dig out the underwear and eat the crotch Ooh, out yeah. of all of them. Books has chewed a lot of my underwear crotches. <laughs> when we first moved into my old apartment before this one, um, there was an incident that I called Tampocalypse, <laughs> where I had not put my bathroom trash under the sink yet. Um, and I came home and there was just like blood everywhere. Ah. Like all, it was over like a four foot region of carpet. Of course, carpet, white carpet. Of course. Yes. And, um, Mm -hmm. he was so proud of himself and so happy. And there were chewed up tampons like all over the place. Dogs are vile. Oh, and then he pooped black for like five days. So disgusting. Yeah. He had a lot of blood. So anyway, disgusting. We have dinner waiting for us. So it's true. <laughs> it's a perfect conversation. Yeah. So. Um. Okay. So. So. And I think that I've, you know, I think we covered animal familiars. Do yeah. you have remaining questions? I mean, I just want to clarify that what you are saying <laughs> is that you once had a bunny. Yeah. It had a soul. Yes. And then its soul now lives in books. I don't know for sure, <laughs> but I suspect that's the case. I would have to do some testing. Where do you think the soul was between bunny and books? That's a good question. Floating in the ether? Like being like, I need a body. Probably. And I need a body that happens to be geographically located. You're, like then was it fake? You're joking, but I think that's probably what it was. And then was it like, what was... Was it like fate that I found books at the library? Yes. And actually that was a point that I was going to make about animal familiars is that they are one of the ways you encounter them is they're given to you by a person you have a pre-existing relationship with. Mm. You basically found and gave to me books and bunny Rhonda, my Mm. BFF from like forever and ever. um, She, she didn't find bunny, but like she had a friend of her family that had it and they didn't want it anymore. Okay. Yeah. Do you think not, do you not think that perhaps another explanation might be um, a connection to animals that were given to you by people you care about and that they provided a similar kind of comfort in some way and thus your brain tries to find patterns? No, because I have animals that other people have given me that I haven't cared about that much. Mm-hmm. Like, like the cats we have right now, I'm kind of meh. Like, <laughs> see, that's how I feel about animals. Nice. No. I, I like them. I like them. I like the, some of the things they do. I yeah, but we're not like we're not buddies. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas I've had other cats who I just feel super deeply connected to. So in humans, say there are two different humans throughout your life that you feel super deeply connected to, maybe in a similar way. Mm -hmm. Would you similarly attribute that to a soul that has traveled? Possibly. It's, but it's harder to say with humans because our lifespans are... Are longer. Are longer and they're more likely to be equal. So I'm likely to actually know somebody for my whole life. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I just... And like, again, I don't know about reincarnation. I don't think yeah. you die as one thing and wake up the next day as something as else. As another something. Yeah. I don't know. More okay. tests. A few more tests. We must figure out. Figure it out. I know. It's like I'll maybe our next episode will be like designing the kind of like Ooh. true scientific experiments you could do oh, to yes. try to resolve these. I'm sure it's been That's done That's a good before. idea. Actually, we could. Yeah, it has been done. I don't know if you've read any of Mary Roach's writing. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's true. I, you know, like, it's interesting because I have read, but I have... I haven't read the this. I haven't read Spook, for example. Oh, Spook is really good. Like it's all I, about like people trying to prove that ghosts exist. Yeah, yeah. I should because what I I read the the stiff, which isn't so yeah. much that stiff right. It's like it's amazing, but it's mm-hmm. it doesn't have the yeah. uh, spiritual mm-hmm. part. What else have I read? Yeah. I can't. I've lost track of her books in my head right now. But but yeah, it would be interesting to talk about the people who've attempted scientific proof of things like this. Yeah. Yeah. And well, the and follies of, that resulted. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all one of those things where it's like, it kind of all comes down to the same thing that I encounter all the time as an atheist, which is like, no one can prove God exists. Mm-hmm. But the argument is like, but we can't prove he doesn't. I know. And that is why I sit in my baby's bedroom at 2 a.m., not able to look up from her face. Just in case. You can't prove there aren't ghosts. Maybe yeah. this will be the time I see one. Yeah. It's true. It could happen anytime. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. I'm going to go eat Let's what I eat. think is a green meal. I think it is a green meal. Yay. <laughs> Yummy. You all can guess what that might be. Yeah. It's pesto. Don't worry. Um, um, yay. It's pesto with a soul that used to be poop. No. <laughs> now I can't eat my dinner. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye. Bye. And because it turns out that um, we realize reincarnation is real because (laughs) this pesto (laughs) maybe used to be poop and then we're going to eat it and then it's going to be poop again. That's true. Okay, bye.